It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas here with you. We got a fun show today. Because we don't take days off. You know what I mean? No days off. Except you no took off ads. Monday, but that's fine. You know, actually, I was going to text not a big, you. It's not a big deal, man. I was going to text you on uh, Friday and be like, hey, man, if you want, I can, like, you know, Skype in or whatever. And then I was like, you know what? I, w- I wish you would have. Really? I don't know. I had a pretty good show with uh, yeah, with, with Josh and Painter. You know, and yesterday we were like, I was like, yo, if you're listening to today's, go back and listen to yesterday's. And Monday's show became the most listened to show in the history of the podcast. Don't yeah. freak out. Don't uh, freak out. In, I wish I could tell you I wasn't offended. Um, pretty much a day ruiner there for me. <laughs> You're tearing up right now. Yeah. You're legit a, frustrated. It's a little emotional. <laughs> but we, yeah, we got a fun show today. Gary Smith with NOLA.com. He also runs the Rivals account for Tulane. He will, uh, he's going to show up in about, you know, a few minutes. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, we did that segment first, mm-hmm. and now we're recording this part. So we can tell you, it's actually really, really good. It's a great interview. It, it, it really is. I was very pleasantly surprised, and I think I, I, I definitely learned stuff. Um, I'm not sure if the plan is to record things after. I don't want to spoil anything that happens in the interview, but I, I definitely recommend making it and listening to that interview. You'll learn something about Tulane. I yeah. definitely learned stuff about Tulane. And, and we're only a few minutes away from doing that. But uh, one one thing I kind of wanted to touch on, every – Every place where I am, I kind of get my Auburn scoop, whether it's AL.com, I went undercover, whatever. Everyone is writing about Tyron Truesdale right now. I mean, everybody. I, mean, I think he is kind of the the biggest stock riser, if mm-hmm. you will, from Auburn's game day or the, you know, the opening season winning against Oregon. It's not Bo Nix. It's not Seth Williams. I really think it's Truesdale. I think there's an argument to be made that it's Sweet Feet. I think it should be. I think, I, I think he almost deserves it more than Truesdale does. I think the biggest question for Auburn fans on that defense heading into the season was who is going to play next to Derrick Brown and will they be effective? And I think since that question kind of got answered in a big way against Oregon, that that's what people are going to run with and that's why his his stock is going to rise so much, which is good. I am happy for him. I'm proud of him. I remember his name. This is huge. Whose name? Tyron Truesdale. We do need a nickname for him if you guys want to. Okay, so, so the also, response for nicknames have been crazy. Also, Zach was really sad that no one liked Swiss Army Nye. I love you guys. <laughs> that was the worst. His nickname is Hammer. Hammer's great. All right, so several people have, uh, we, we've had a bunch of people mention uh, other ones for Seth. Seth Showtime Williams from Big D on Twitter. Mm. I'm like, I like that one. But still, I like a lot of the ones for Seth Williams. It's just, I don't think we're quite there yet. I don't think we're quite there yet. Somebody tweeted at me, uh, nickname suggestion. This is Eagle of War, but also a Tiger on Twitter. Wolverine Will Hastings, due to short, compact, and devastating to opponents. Plus, he's holding up the number 33 when he uses his claws. And he tweeted me this picture of Wolverine. It is a great picture of Wolverine. Although... (laughs) 
one of the uh, JG tweeted. I texted you about this. JG tweeted during the game and called him Wee Willie Hastings. And I think we gotta <laughs> run with that one. <laughs> Willie Hastings. Wee Willie Hastings. And also, uh, I, I do GIF threads on Twitter. GIF. There you go. I was waiting for you to do that. And I uh, for Joey Gatewood's touchdown run, I called him Joey the Human Tree Gatewood. And somebody hmm. tweeted at me the other day and said, let's just call him Groot. Groot Gatewood? I'm all about it if y'all are. Let us know. Baby Groot? No, he's full grown. He's Groot. Teenage Groot? <clears throat> I love Teenage Groot. Teenage Groot? All teenage right. Groot Gatewood? Let me do a read. I got to do two reads, actually. Can yeah. I do one? Yeah. You well, do one, then I do one? Yeah. I'm fine with that. All right. The NFL season begins this week. Which means crossover Wednesday will be back for the entire regular NFL season. You will get a special episode every week, every Wednesday, excuse me, as the hosts from opposing sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcasts and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. Are right, you still want to do read? Uh, yeah. All right, do the, the no house advantage one. Okay. No House Advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports. Instead of salary cap drafting, No House Advantage offers daily pri- wow daily player prop contests. Download No House Advantage now from the App Store and use the code Locked On to receive two free tokens when you purchase two tokens. A ten dollar value. That's code Locked On to receive two free tokens when you purchase two. Oh, I get it. No House Advantage, like like they're the house, like a casino. Yep, that's it. I get it. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Gary Smith with NOLA.com joining us now for the next few minutes. How you doing, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Just got back from Tulane's latest uh, football practice. Uh, I know Tulane, they're, they're, they're excited about this opportunity after uh, not uh, not coming close against Oklahoma and Ohio State in the last two years. They, they feel like they've got, they're better equipped to, to, to deal with this type of opponent this year. We'll find out in, in a few days. You know, yesterday was Auburn's big media day for the week, and Malzahn's message and a lot of the Auburn players' message was saying, hey, we're not taking this Tulane team lightly. What, what What's kind of the mindset from Tulane looking at this weekend's matchup? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say until the game starts, but they really do seem to be have real confidence going to the game that they, they can play with Auburn. Um, they said these things when they played Oklahoma two years ago, and they said these things when they played Ohio State last year, but they didn't have the results to back those sentiments, sentiments up, and they were going against quarterbacks that were leading record-setting offenses both of those years so um they would they i think they beat down i knew they didn't have a chance in those games this is a different team they won five of their last six games at the end of last season once they inserted um graduate transfer justin mcmillan as the starting quarterback and then they um willie fritz changed offensive coordinators because he saw his offense had finished in the bottom third of the american athletic conference in his first three years he knew that just that that wasn't good enough to get to the championship aspirations that he had. So he brought in Will Hall and Tulane's opener against Florida International. Obviously, no athletes at Florida International are nothing like the athletes at Auburn, but that was by far the best Tulane's offense has looked in, in Willie Fritz's tenure. Um, and, and I think that gives them some confidence that, that they have an 
offensive coordinator now that can scheme against a team that has more talent and give them a chance. Yeah, and you mentioned the uh, the transfer quarterback McMillan. Um, that's one of the big storylines that we keep hearing is that not only him, but there are some other big time four star, five star transfers on this Tulane team that give them. Uh, I guess kind of the power to be able to to hang around with Auburn and potentially put a real scare into this team. That's a little bit exaggerated, the four-star, five-star transfers. Um, McMillan was actually, LSU signed him, but not very many other teams were interested in him. And they do have a running back. Their fourth-string running back, (laughs) Corey Dauphine, was a four-star recruit when he went to Texas Tech before he transferred but this Tulane coaching staff has had a really good eye for, for talent. They're, particularly on their defensive line, um, Patrick Johnson, who had 10.5 sacks last year, and Cam Sample uh, on the other end. Patrick Johnson, Tulane was his only offer a week before signing day coming out of high school. Everybody missed on him. He's absolutely an SEC caliber defensive lineman starter. Same thing with Cam Sample on the other end. He was recruited a little bit more. Than, uh, than than Patrick Johnson, but nobody was, but they weren't beating down the doors for him either. And 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 both of those guys are SEC caliber players. They they would be starting for at least for for at least half of the SEC teams. That's how good they are. Not really the case at other positions for Tulane, but they do have they just they do have a lot more talent than they've had in the past. And and, and one difference is they're deep on they they can go too deep at just about every position on defense. So they're not going to just—they're not going to wear down as quickly as as they would have in the past, and that also gives them a chance to feel like they can that they can hang with with a team like Auburn. If Tulane's going to pull off this upset on Saturday, what's the strength that they need to flex the most? I mean, you you mentioned a few defensive linemen. I, I've I've read some yeah. other things about how their defensive line looks good. I mean, what yeah. what position group for them is going to have to yeah. kind of be the showcase of that? They're going to rely on their defense to keep them in the game first of all, because their defense is legit. There there were. There was one group before the one magazine before the season that rated Tulane's defensive line as the tenth best in the country wow. for all for all teams. They're loaded. They returned all. They returned seven of their top eight two deep. That's probably obviously a little high, but they are they're legitimately talented on the defensive line. They've got Jeffrey Johnson at defensive tackle. He was a guy that was recruited by Alabama and FSU before a health scare um, turned them turned them off. It looked like his football career was going to be over in high school. It turned out to be a false scare. So he ended up at Tulane. Um, that, that, that's another example of the type players they have up front. Their defense is legit. Auburn, obviously Bo Nix is going to be a superstar quarterback down the road. He certainly came through at the end of the Oregon game, but, but, he's, but he's a true freshman. He's not, like, he's not Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. um, he's, not, he's not a Haskins from Ohio State. So I think Tulane really does feel like their defense can keep them in the game. And their offense, they're loaded at running back, too. Their running backs are, are as, as good as any team in the SEC. Where the mismatch comes is Tulane's offensive line versus Auburn's defensive line. Um, that's not a pretty picture for Tulane, and offensive coordinator Will Hall is going to have to figure out a way to scheme up to get some to get his running backs, his SEC caliber running backs, in space so that they can do damage. Because I don't think they're going to be. I don't think the offensive line is going to be creating too many holes for them. At NOLA.com, you wrote about the the historic win against FIU what stood out about that how do you think all that came together and then is that going to give them more confidence going into the Saturday sure because the thing is is their offense had pretty had struggled for the first three years of of the Willie Fritz era they had a good game here or there they were able to run pretty well but when they when they went up against good teams they really struggled to put it all together and against FIU which is considered a a favorite one of the favorites to win conference USA 
they, they put it all together in Will Hall's first game. Uh, they scored touchdowns on six of their first eight possessions, and it would have been eight for eight if they hadn't had a couple of penalties that sidetracked their opening drive and, and a fumble near, near halftime. Um, Justin McMillan is a really good quarterback. He, uh, he, he, he's smart. He's a really good decision maker. He knows when to run. He, he doesn't, people don't think he's that fast. And then when he takes off, he, he, he's getting down the field. And, um, and, and they, have, they have two really good receivers, too, and Darnell Mooney, who almost had 1,000 yards last year, and then Oklahoma State transfer Jalen McCleskey, who, who did not – he only had one catch against FIU, so he didn't even do, much, do that much against them. They, 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 have a, they have a balanced offense, and they're really good at the skill positions. Again, it's going to come down to the offensive line. And the offensive line had – I mean, because you can't judge that. They, the offensive line dominated FIU, but that, that has no, no relevance Sure. <laughs> what's going to happen on, on Saturday. Right. Right. So what, what are your takes on this matchup? I mean, we, when you look at Vegas, and it seems like they kind of take all emotion mm-hmm. out of it. They're, uh, I mean, it, it was a 21-point line at one point. Now it's kind of moved towards uh, 18 points, you know, in, in Tulane's favor. I mean, do you think that's a good point? Or do you think it should be more or less? I mean, what are you expecting personally I, from this? I, I think it's going to be a, a closer game, and I'm not somebody who's – in fact, hey, there's a there's a local Tulane um, club that's never invited me to speak because they think I'm too negative. <laughs> so it's not like I'm out there um, on the bandwagon all the time. But but I actually I picked Tulane to win the American Athletic Conference West division. Um, Tulane tied for first in the division last year, so it's not this incredibly long shot situation. And not only that, Memphis, which won the AAC West, Tulane pulverized last year, was winning 40 to 10 midway through the fourth quarter before they took their starters out. 140 to 24. I think I think this Tulane team is undersold, big time. Does that mean they can come into Auburn and win? That's that's a long shot, obviously. But I actually I, I think there's a reason. That's a pretty big jump. I think the initial line was 21 and a half, and yeah. then it's it's down mm-hmm. to 18 now after the FIU performance. If Auburn has a hangover effect from that from that Oregon game, I absolutely think it could be a dogfight. Um, we'll we'll see that, and that's another thing. People, there's no way to judge. It's easy to say Auburn's going to be relaxed and have a hangover effect no matter what they say, but we'll, we'll find out Saturday whether Auburn is just as pumped up um, as they would as as they would be for for um, a, a team like Oregon. Um, no way to know until they kick off. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that uh, Gus Malzahn uh, definitely agrees with you on, and that's one of the reasons they're taking Tulane so seriously. Do you think that Tulane is going to have that offensive firepower? You've talked about the offensive coordinator and about how important his schemes are going to be, how much confidence they have going into this game. In your opinion, are they going to have that firepower to potentially have to score with this Auburn team if Auburn starts to put points on the board? I don't. I Probably not, but I do think they're good enough at the skill position to, to do that. Um, but – Again, it's going to can Tulane's offensive line block Auburn at all to allow them to run any semblance of their of their normal offense is the key. One other advantage Tulane has is, is Will Hall's a new offensive coordinator. He didn't show everything he had against FIU. Um, Auburn's not going to really know what Tulane is going to do against them. That that helps a little bit. Um, certainly, it could help in the first quarter. Um, but to me, that's the key. I, I, if Tulane can block, if, if Tulane is not just overwhelmed at the offensive line. I feel like Tulane can hang with Auburn for four quarters. If Tulane is overwhelmed at the offensive line, well, that's football. You don't win games when you can't block people. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Gary, uh, last question, and this one's kind of a little little off topic, but 
We have a lot of fun, and our listeners have a lot of fun interacting, coming up with nicknames for, for Auburn players. Are there any cool nicknames on this Tulane roster that uh, that, that <laughs> folks should keep an eye out for? Um, you know, I should have been better prepared for that question. I, uh, I'm, I'm I don't thinking, think there's any way you could they, have known they, that I was going to ask they, that. <laughs> they, they have, but, but I, I cover the team every day. Um, you know, there aren't really any great nicknames because – a guy to watch for the Carius Keys, their their defensive back number twenty six. His nickname is Bo Pete. Okay. I wish I could tell you why his nickname is Bo Pete. See that that that, that this isn't going to make for good radio. I can I can <laughs> give you the nickname, but uh, I've I've been meaning to do a story on that for a while. I'll tell you, he is a pl- first possession of the FIU game. They they threw a pass downfield and he he high pointed the ball, le- leaped and made an interception. He's a guy that. When NFL scouts come to watch Tulane, he's the first guy they look at because he's another guy that looks like an SEC player. <laughs> he's yeah. a big guy, six foot three, with a really long wingspan. Um, so I, he's a he's a guy that Bo Nix needs to watch out for. Uh, old Bo Pete. Gary, thank you so much for your time today. Where can people find uh, find all of your stuff uh, on Twitter and and of course yeah. your website? I'm I'm, a, I'm the beat writer for the New Orleans Advocate and now NOLA.com slash the Advocate. Um, daily stories we we actually we're, we're covering Tulane like like they're an SEC program this year um and it looks like I, I think Tulane has a chance to, to accomplish some really big things this year so that's that's the main area I also run the rival Tulane website um at um, thewavereport.com you can find all kinds of information there too awesome man thank you again so much for your time thanks for having me on your show man I really enjoyed that I, I really did stuff. too I want to give a shout out to our friends at fetch me they are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, do another read. You want to do the other read? Do the uh, the vivid seats read. There's not a vivid seats read. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see it. All right. Just kidding. We're going to keep going on. We're gonna keep doing this thing. Chugga, 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 chugga. Well, what stood out most uh, with the Gary Gary Smith conversation? Uh, he kept saying that the the players on Tulane 
were SEC players or SEC caliber players. Right. Uh, that's interesting to me. Also, I learned that uh, Tulane is in the AAC. Uh, uh, that makes me a lot more nervous about this game. The AAC is a good conference. We just saw one member of that conference, Memphis, beat an SEC team, albeit it was Ole Miss. Um, and then UCF, who obviously is kind of in a different league than the rest of that conference, but they won by about a billion last weekend. So the AAC is not bad. And, and Tulane won five of six games last season. They won their first game this season. They're they're kind of rolling right now. They've got some good players. I, I'm definitely a little more nervous about this game coming out of that interview than I was uh, going in. But that's probably a good thing. I mean, this guy... And I mean that's really he what was great. That's what Auburn said yesterday. Yep. Malzahn and Eli Stove and Derek Brown. All right, cool. I wanted to wrap up today's show. We've got about three or four minutes left to go, and I want to bring on intern Olivia. Hello. And so you're kind of who I go to now. You know, when, when you come in a few days a week to get my pop culture references. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. Things, some things, some things will happen, or you know, a lot of people are <laughs> reacting to a tweet. I'm like, I don't know what this means, and I know what everything in this means. But I want to get your thoughts okay, on it. Okay, I hope I know what it means. Hey, just just read this. Just okay. read it to us and kind of break it down for us. All right. Uh, the Carolina Panthers' Cam Newton is a record-setting quarterback in the NFL. Now the former Auburn All-American also is the holder of three Guinness World Records. Wow, I did not know that. Yep. Um, Newton threw the football in two of the record-breaking feats staged by YouTube personality Mr. Beast. Um, Do you watch Mr. Beast on YouTube? I actually don't watch Mr. Beast. Right, I don't know going. who he is. That's fine. Um, keep going. But he also was on the receiving end of one of those records. Newton sent a Guinness world record for the most one-handed catches in 60 seconds. How about that? Wow. He Way to go do it all. Uh, Newton caught 51 passes with one hand in one minute to break the record of 48 uh, that had been set by the current Cleveland Browns wide receiver, Javaris Landry. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis, wow. I, I read that, Jarvis, but it just came out wrong. No, you read it wrong, but cool, that's fine. Cool, Awesome. Um, <laughs> the former former NFL quarterback, Bra- uh, Brady Quinn. All right. Uh, that, that, yeah. was that was that it. That was it. Cool. I bet that, I can that beat him. That was all. You think so? I bet I can beat him. Absolutely. All right. That should be your next YouTube idea. Okay, Awesome. Can you, can you, catch? how many was it? How many? He, he caught 51. Um, 51. I'll catch 52. Watch it happen. All right. Done. Interesting. Done. And any last thoughts about Tulane? Obviously, that's a cool story. The main focus of the show today was Tulane. I definitely learned about Tulane. I feel like you learned about Tulane. I think Auburn's going to kill him. That's, I really think that. Really? I, you know, the line is 18. I think Auburn covers. I, I think this is a dirty game. I really do. Okay. Um, do it, you think I'm wrong? Cause, no. Because, I mean, we, we were talking beforehand. You know, I, I get why Malzahn and the coaches and all that have to do it. But it, it's kind of interesting to me when fans do it. It's like, oh, we can't overlook Tulane. I'm like, why can't you? You're not playing. Like, it doesn't matter what you're <laughs> thinking about. And yeah. uh, I just have a hard time believing the fact that Auburn's not going to, like, just steamroll this team. Yeah, it's definitely not a good sign when he says that the toughest part of the game for their team is going to be their offensive line against Auburn's defensive line. It's like right, right. Their I mean, weak I, point is Auburn's strength. I mean, if you want to argue that it may take Auburn a minute to start scoring, mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. If Auburn doesn't score, you know, their first or second touchdown until you know just before halftime, I'm fine with that. But I just have a hard time buying the fact that Tulane. Is going to be able to score points early. 
or at all uh, against mm-hmm. Auburn's you know starting defensive front. I just don't buy it, man. You can only do so much scheme wise to outdo that. You know the physical and the speed and, we'll and all of that. So. One of the things I talked about yesterday and kind of have been on, we saw the way that Oregon did it, right? Everything was short passes. Everything was moving the pocket, things like that. And, and maybe Tulane will watch that film and try to do something similar to slow down this Auburn defensive line. I don't anticipate them being able to run the ball. He mentioned that he's looking to see them get their, quote, SEC caliber running backs out in space. But the way that Auburn's defensive backs were tackling in space, I'm not sure that that's all that beneficial i mean we'll see they seem to be taking it seriously if Tulane's defensive line is their strength i could see them having a few plays where it kills a few drives for auburn mm-hmm. you know maybe some sacks on bo Nix, even though oregon didn't get to bo Nix a whole lot as far as sacks go but that's the only thing i could see happening where they really just kind of stumble out of the gate but it, i even is that yeah but even the only time that Oregon really got pressure on Bo was when it was like during the second half of the first half when Bo was dropping back every down, every play. And mm-hmm. so the defensive line was able to just pin their ears back and go get him. And then they were blitzing a couple times. And yeah. I know you had a, a gift thread about there were a Jeff. few times go, Bo should have you know, stayed in the pocket instead of bailing out. And that pocket awareness will come. I mean, that's just yeah. being comfortable. I expected people to get really mad at me for that. And no, people were like, no, thank you for doing this. The offensive line wasn't that bad. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Yeah, and I think that it's a little different when you were literally like, here's what I'm saying. Here is like proof of what I'm saying. Like, right. you're not just throwing stuff at a they And I was like, it's his first game. I'm not being critical of the guy. I'm just yeah. saying this is what, if he fixes this. He could, yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if he fixes that, and for those who aren't on Twitter or whatever, the the, the gist of the, the thread was Bo Nix, like most college quarterbacks, especially younger quarterbacks, they leave the pocket it before was, they it need was to. One read and run, basically. Or one read and then, okay, it's been half a second. Where's the pressure at? And then yeah. you quit looking at your receivers. And, and Bo Nix did that several times. And now some of the times he did it and he felt the pressure correctly and he got out of the pocket and got rid of the football. Great plays. But there were several times where Oregon would send somebody and. The he, pass protection would do a great job on blitz pickup. It was the running backs or the the H backs, the tight end staying in, or just alignment handling it, and he didn't trust it. And he didn't trust it. So, yeah, like you said, it'll get better, and that's mm-hmm. really I think that was the biggest weakness of his game so far. And that's the I biggest agree. weakness for most college quarterbacks. And usually. Even if he looks down at the pressure when he's evading, he does get his eyes up and back down You're the right. field. He he is typically not scrambling. To scramble, he's scrambling to throw, and you know I, I think Bo, Gus, Kenny, they they would be the first ones to tell you that he's got a lot to improve on. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm going to be honest. As a coaching staff, do you real? How much do you really love a guy coming in and being like, well, we don't really have that much to coach him on. His first career game, he just absolutely dominated everyone. Um, credit Trevor Lawrence for not having a huge head, because if I was Trevor Lawrence, my ego would be through the roof. He's got big hair. That's true. Great. Not a big head. Not a big head. Long neck, though. Yeah. He bulked up. Yeah. He's still lanky, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like he's still got more weight to put on, but gray hair. He made a good tackle. As soon as he gets drafted, head and shoulders needs to be all over him. Or Old Spice mm-hmm. or something. No? They won't do it. They just got Mahomes. Oh, you're right. And head and shoulders is like 
they just get one guy for like 10 years. It was Palomalu. You know that Palomalu had his hair insured for millions of dollars? I did. I did. Follow Michael on Twitter at CouchPatTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn. Thank you so much to Gary Smith of NOLA.com. And thank you to intern Olivia. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If your company is interested in advertising and marketing to men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Auburn is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to advertise to male listeners between 18 and 44, this is your chance. Plus, our rates are pretty reasonable. Email me at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com to get more information. I look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.